Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 111. Yes, 111 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnip. I will be your host today. In the studio with me, Andrew Rosenthal, and 7 and 4 is Harrison Beebe. The day after the Super Bowl. It's been, what, two weeks? I think it's been like a month. So I figured you were going to give me a second there to talk, but no, you went right into it. You're like, yeah, let's get to the Super Bowl. No, I just want to, yeah, no one cares. Somebody. My mom cares. She listens? Your no. mom probably My cares, mom probably too. Cares. Yeah. She likes to hear your voice. I like to hear your voice. Thank you so much for coming back. <laughs> My mom thought us. that I was under a blanket the last episode because... Uh, well, we mom... did, in case our listeners didn't know, we did actually throw a blanket over Andrew. Yeah. yeah. Casper, time. the friendly ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, the friendly Rosenthal. Uh, but yeah, no, you're back. And uh, it's that was your longest hiatus in like... In a while. This calendar year, After being an unofficial weekly member, but I'm happy to be back. We've got a lot of good topics this week. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we got a loaded show. We'll run through that real quick. Uh, we're in the pulse. We're going to talk about the McCullough Cup last week. Both of these guys were at that game, so I'm going to pick their brains just a little bit. National Signing Day is coming That's up awesome. this week, and uh, we have a couple of big basketball games that we are going to chat about. We have a great interview. Uh, first, Mancelona Ironman to grace the Get Around Podcast Studios. Jaden Alfred joining us. He will. You need to challenge him to a dunk contest in the building. I don't even think that the like the ceilings in this Just building. Get like are a trash no, can. You, you have a backboard on your desk, right? Like one of those mini ones. Yeah, that's gonna get ripped down really, really. Quickly. I know, but by you or Jaden, we don't know. Probably, probably Jaden. Probably by me. And then Andrew can put it on TikTok <laughs> to the Space Jam sound. That'll be our. That'll be our. Um, uh, that'll be our teaser for this episode. We'll have Jaden throwing down. Do, do you remember that trend where they you would hold the miniature basketball net over somebody's head and then they would come and throw down on? That was on. That the was like four years ago, though. Yeah, whatever. Fine. Yeah, we can. We can come back. We can circle that back around. Why not? R.I.P. Vine. Uh, R.I.P. Vine. But after that, we're gonna play a little game of Would You Rather. Have some fun with some sports. Would you rather? And some other off the wall questions. And we're gonna get into the Hall of Fame. I gotta warn you guys. Episode 111. This Hall of Fame is loaded with some big, big milestones, some big games, some big talents. It's gonna be really hard for us to choose out of these three athletes of the week who we're gonna put into the Hall of Fame. So make sure you stick around for that towards the end of the show. And of course, you know, with the Super Bowl being yesterday, we're diving into the trifecta and we're going to talk about some of our favorite Super Bowl memories, commercials, halftime shows, such like that. But before we get into that, I want to remind you, this episode is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. We're actually going to go right ahead. We're going to put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world. We're going to dive into the pulse and get right into the action. We're going to start off with what happened last week before we get to current events. Fellas, both of you guys were at the McCullough Cup. Traverse City Central sweeping Traverse City West in the season series, uh, winning both of those games 6-3, 5-2. I mean, Central has put their stamp on Traverse City this year. We've talked about them over and over again. What did you guys see on Wednesday that showed you there's no question that they're the best team out here? Scored the first goal 33 seconds into the game. <laughs> I mean, I don't think big people got a chance to sit down by a chance by the time they were in their own zone. I mean, if you were at that game, listen to the student section, just go jumping up and down the screen, whatever chant they were doing. It was the same one, all five goals. It, it was just so much fun for that for them, and that the energy of that game it was something I could not have expected. Yeah, one of the chants was uh, Charlie Douglas. We heard that one like three times at least because, uh, in in our opinions, he had three goals in this one. We're giving him the natural hat trick. He got them all three in a row there between the first and second periods uh, on the way to that five to two win. And it's one of those three senior leaders on this Trojan team that's really just making this season, helping lead up this magical season. Because obviously they've got talented players all all on the roster. I've seen freshmen 
freshmen score goals this year as I've seen the seniors punching key goals. But to get the sweep over West to, I think at last check, and this was right after the game Wednesday, they have an 11-point lead on West for second. And that was before that game, mm-hmm. so that jumped out to, what, 12, 13? I don't know how many points. You get two it's, points yeah, for a win. Too, yeah. So, yeah, they, <laughs> they just added to that already super impressive lead in the conference. So I was kind of picking the guys' brains afterwards, like, what's it like going into the month of February knowing you have a month until playoffs, but you kind of have a, a, you know, nothing's set in stone yet. Nothing's been clinched as far as the conference is concerned. But They're to, pretty close. To have this breathing room <laughs> and this time to, you know, work on other things they might want to do because Central usually has it a little tougher when they transition into that Division Two tournament every year, and that's probably going to be the case again when they meet up those Grand Rapids Muskegon teams in the regional. So I'm curious to see what they do in the next month to, to make sure they're ready for the toughest competition to come in March. I mean, they still have three big North Conference games uh, to go this season, so like you said, it's not completely wrapped up in the books. They actually will see Petoskey in the first round of regionals, so they have a little bit of a, a familiar foe there, so that might give them a little springboard going into the playoffs. We'll see how they come together, but they still only have a couple losses on the season. I know you've mentioned a few times Grant Newhart has played very, very well, but... Yeah, it seemed like in that first period it was all Yeah, him. Grant was amazing. He did two or three in a row of Titan shots put up within seconds of each other. I mean, he was there. The development of for him as a sophomore goalie in high school hockey is just, how can you not be impressed? The other, the other thing about Central, as you mentioned, we've, we said this, you got four or five guys who are going to be able to score. They've, I, th- I was looking at their, their score sheets. They've only put up less than four goals in uh, three games this year. So they are just constantly. So they like the net. Yeah, they are just <laughs> constantly. And I mean, we've talked about their aggressive nature. I know that uh, Gib- Coach Gibbons is extremely happy with the way that they've been playing. And I mean, it looks like the Big North is theirs to lose. So, uh, Let's move on into present day things. We got a couple things coming up this week. Wednesday's a big day uh, in high school sports with National Signing Day coming up. Uh, we have athletes from all over the area going to be signing their national letters of intent to continue their athletic careers at colleges across the country and across the state. Uh, just a couple big news names that we want to bring up while we're on the podcast. I uh, didn't get, get to go that deep into it over the weekend, but Traverse City Central transfer. And senior quarterback Peyton Smith actually accepted a preferred walk-on spot with the University of Michigan as a quarterback. We kind of got that late news late on Saturday night. Didn't really get a full grasp on everything that was going on, but we know what type of play he's had. And, I mean, you, you saw his progression through the entire year. Does this surprise you at all? Because I know when he came on the podcast way back when, he, he didn't mention anything really up into the Big Ten ranks. He said he talked to some guys at Michigan State, but it was more Ivy League uh, Central Eastern type of thing. Uh, did you kind of see this happening? I was a little surprised when I saw him tweeted out Saturday night, what, 6, 7, 8 o'clock? <laughs> perfect time for uh, newspaper yeah, and TV coverage. Not that we know our athletes do that on purpose. We respectfully know you don't. But, yeah, I caught everybody a little off guard, especially at the time of the of the week. But bottom line, it's his decision and great decision to make. I mean, I know you and I are big Spartan fans, and we went to MSU, but you get a degree from the University of Michigan, you are you are pretty well set for life. So we can't say, as far as an educational choice for him, that uh, that's a pretty promising one to go with. And, uh, I mean, if he feels like he's got the chance to – throw his name in the mix there with Jim Harbaugh and company. I mean, I can see why that competitive, you know, drive would be there, especially with his family being as talented as they are and his older brothers and whatnot. I, I can see why he'd get that opportunity. And e- even if it doesn't seem as automatic as one of the other schools he could have gone for and maybe got more playing time, this just seems like something that was an opportunity too good to pass up. 
Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, Coach Eric Sugar's mentioned, and I wanted to make sure I brought this up. You know, you can't, you can, especially when you do preferred walk-on, you don't just, like, they don't just, like, give you a pass, like, hey, you got to come to school. Like, you still have to get accepted. You still have to get into the school. Mm-hmm. I mean, he grad, he's gra- not graduating yet, but um, he's got a 3.98 GPA. I, That's you know, a good start. Exactly. <laughs> Coach Sugar said that his SAT scores are through the roof. So, I mean, he's a very, very good yeah, uh, he's student. How it works is a if you get into the school, you're guaranteed a spot on the first day of camp. Exactly. So, I mean, he's uh, ready to do this. He, he was already looking at Ivy League, but, you know, Coach Trigger said that, you know, he thinks he'll transition very well. And like you said, with Jim Harbaugh kind of in the air with his quarterback situation. In yeah, the University I wouldn't of Michigan, be surprised to see anybody playing why this n- Why not toss your hat in the ring? And everybody has said that he likes to put his head down at work. He told us the same thing. He's a kind of a quiet guy. He likes to just kind of get in the groove and make it happen. Hey, you put your head down, work hard enough. Who knows what could happen in the next four years? A couple of guys who are signing on Wednesday for Glen Lake, uh, both senior football players, are going to be going to Saginaw Valley State University. Uh, John Wright and Ben Kroll, uh, the running back slash linebacker, he'll be playing defense at Saginaw Valley. And uh, Ben Kroll, who's the offensive lineman, big kid we've been talking about for a long time. Both of those guys were guests on this podcast, actually came on together, which were great interviews. Yeah, you saw what Glen Lake was able to do over the you know the course of the football season. Jonathan Wright was a monster in the backfield. How excited do you think they are to kind of go to SVSU and probably still have Coach uh, Andrews talking to them, kind of help them out a little bit? Just yeah. ask Ben. He tweeted that roommates right after uh, John, Jonathan mm-hmm. announced the other day. He put day. the dibs on it, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how much uh, Jerry and his son Duke played a factor in getting them to go to SVSU. I always, whenever I say that, I always sounds like CSI, like a SVSU. CSI, SVSU. So, but obviously a very cool opportunity to kind of continue that branch of Glen Lake to Saginaw Valley and, and get those guys, you know, these good spots. Duke's having a, a great uh, career. That's He's got one or two more. I should he's know got two more. He was a sophomore more. this year. Yeah. So I just talked to Jerry last week, obviously, after he stepped down and got a little more information on that. But, you know, for those guys to get the chance to no doubt play meaningful ball at a, a big-time Division two program like that uh, with some familiarity around them. Uh, and, and like you just said, Andrew, the chance to do it together and to be close and go through that process together. I mean, that's that's got to be a very unique experience. So it's just more promising results for Glen Lake football. I, I, I keep thinking one of these years they're just maybe one of these years they'll just miss a guy that won't go off and play. But no, every year they have at least one or two guys that sign on to play college football. When I talked to Jerry over the phone, he said that him and John and Duke were really close uh, whenever he would come back from college, just in the weight room, he would just ask him about college football. Uh, that's kind of weird because he was a senior when he was a freshman. So you, but a small school, though. Yeah. It's, it's a little more believable than a Class A school, that's right. for sure. It, it's just cool for me to see, like, not... When I mean, when I was playing football, I thought the seniors were just these big, strong like guys that I would they would beat me up if I ever said a word to him. No, like he wasn't ever afraid of that. So. Yeah, that's not really Duke. We got one big game coming up this week in boys basketball, which we're going to chat about in our interview with Mancelona's Jaden Alfred. But Mancelona boys sitting at nine and two are looking at a matchup with Gaylord St. Mary and Brady Hunter, who are also at nine and two. They are tied at the top of the Ski Valley with Pels and the three are all going to be facing off in the next week and a half. But this is the thing that gets the ball rolling, kind of separates uh, these teams towards the end of the season. Who's going to be taking the Ski Valley? We've seen uh, Mancelona and Jaden Alfred be very, very explosive scoring 75, 80 points a game um, on the regular. Gaylord St. Mary, we know what Brady Hunter can do. I just want to ask you fellas, you know, when you look at a game like this, we've already seen both these teams. They've played almost everybody in their conference. How do you kind of choose a favorite in this matchup? Yeah, who would have thought a couple weeks ago, you know, I saw Pelston kind of 
not dismantle, but definitely take care of Mantalona, no problems. But then Gaelic St. Mary comes in and shocks the Hornets and gives them their first league loss to create this uh, tiebreaker at the top with all three of them. And uh, I could safely say after watching St. Mary play a couple games, I didn't know they had that in them to pull off that win. But nonetheless, here they are, and that's creating kind of this uh, parody in the league, at, at least at the top. And because you know, if Mancelona wins this week, it's a it just goes right back to tie, it. Yeah, yeah. And then we get that rematch that I thought a couple weeks ago was going to be pretty worth the money, and it, hopefully the rematch in Pelston can be. But uh, you're just seeing with these two teams, the Ironmen and the Snowbirds, you're seeing two teams that are very talented, have a lot of athletes. Obviously, Mancelona can jump out of the gym whenever they want. Gailey St. Mary seems a little more of a big, small... Uh, I saw them Friday night play Joburg, and that... If you ever get the chance to see a game at Gailey St. Mary's gym, it's not that big. It's one of those old-school gyms like St. Francis, but... It is loud in that building when you get two fan bases supporting Joburg, obviously right down the road from them. So that building was loud and everything echoed off the walls there. So I can't imagine what it's like to play in that atmosphere. Gailey St. Mary is hosting that one. That is going to be a very tough road game for Mancelona to win. Having said that, they've got the athletes to pull off that win. So I'm really not going to be surprised at either result. Gailey St. Mary with the home court or Mancelona with what you would think on paper to be the more experienced, more talented basketball roster. But yeah, hey, St. Mary's has put themselves here for a reason. They're a top 10 ranked team in Division 4. And no doubt they have dreams. Some of those guys who played football coming up a little short, they'd maybe like to, before they get to the baseball season, where I think they're finally getting to get to the finals, before they get there, maybe they're going to create some magic in the basketball season. Possibly. I mean, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Like you said, this kind of sets up for the re- for the second half of this SVC season for the Ski Valley. It's got to be the most intrigue of the boys' races yeah. up here. I mean, I guess you could say Big North because the TC teams are right behind them. But even Forest Area, Joburg, like there's some teams that are out of the race in the Ski Valley that are still capable of pulling off upsets yeah. on these random nights. Yeah, exactly. Who can win games? Even if they can't win the t- conference, they can shake things exactly. up on the road. Exactly. So, so Pelston still could lose a game. Gabriel St. Mary is very susceptible to losing another game. Mm-hmm. Mancelona, I mean... Obviously, one of these two teams here are going to lose on Wednesday. But we're going to talk more uh, here in just a second with Jaden Alford from Mancelona. He came into the podcast studio on Monday before that game to chat with us about their season, his abilities, and the Ironmen's chances against Gaylord St. Mary. So let's go ahead and give a listen to that now. The Get Around is extremely excited to welcome into the studio Mancelona Jr., Jaden Alfred. Thank you so much for joining us and making the drive down from Mancelona today. Not a problem. It was fun to be here. Of course, yeah. I mean, we have uh, we have a lot to talk about today, but we're going to get started off with our Freaky Fast Five. Five rapid-fire questions just to kind of get us to get to know you a little bit and uh, get our listeners to get to know you a little bit. We'll start off with a, a fun one. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? Probably a uh, hundred duck-sized horses would be a lot easier. You think I, have I a feel chance? like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're, <laughs> a lot, they're a lot smaller. You can kick one at a time. Yeah. Would you rather be with a hundred Dalmatians, you know, like the movie Hundred and One Dalmatians, or three giant sloths? I'm talking like sloths the size of this room. Probably Dalmatians. Yeah. I'd much good. rather be with dogs than sloths. Who <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't want to be with a dog? Right. How often do you get your name misspelled, and what's the worst way you've ever seen somebody misspell it? Um, actually, not too often. Pretty much the most main misspelling is a J A D E N without the okay. Y. Okay, that's pretty much it. You know, have you never seen like J A I D E N no. or something crazy? 
No. Have you ever met somebody with a crazy Jaden spelling other than yours? I've never met someone, but I did. One of my friends came from Travers, and he had a friend that was J-A-I-D-O-N. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one that I would have never guessed. <laughs> Do you consider Monopoly a game that is played with friends or enemies? Maybe friends to start, but... <laughs> enemies by the end of yeah. it? What's your strategy when you play Monopoly? Try to buy as much property, but also save a little bit of money. Alright, alright. You still play board games? All the time, dude. Why not? Board games are awesome. Do you have a favorite board game? Not really. I don't play board games often. Thank you. Kids these days. <laughs> not anymore. What's the most expired item in your fridge? Salad. <laughs> I don't know. Lettuce goes bad all the time? Yeah. Alright, one more question for you. How much money would it take for you to go completely bald for a year? Probably a lot. I love my hair. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I need a number. Probably three hundred thousand dollars. Three hundred thousand dollars. All righty. So, this question: If you could be, if you could replicate a celebrity's hair, who would it be and why? Probably be Odell's. I love his hair is pretty cool to me. Yeah. 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 Okay. If you ever walk, walk into the barbershop, be like, "Give me the Odell." Yeah. All righty. I'm gonna hit you with two of the would you rather's that we did on our segment. Would you rather swim two and a half miles straight or run twenty five miles straight? Probably swim because I feel like you could take little breaks. Like kind of floating, swimming. Now here's uh here's a big one for you being a basketball player. Would you rather win the national title or be the number one overall pick? Probably win the national title. All right, Jane, we're gonna we're gonna dive into our basketball season. We got quite a bit to talk about. Obviously, uh, the Manslaughter Ironmen have had a great uh, season so far. You guys are nine and two and are tied for the first place spot in the Ski Valley. I know that you guys had fallen to Pelson already this season, but you have a really big game coming up this week. I want to start there and then we'll talk about some more things. Uh, you guys have Galen St. Mary on Wednesday. So you guys have the, the one up on Galen St. Mary so far this year, but you guys fell to Pelston. They beat Pelston. So you guys are kind of in this weird tie for first yeah. place. What does Wednesday mean to the Ironmen and how much do you guys kind of want to show them that, yeah, you guys beat Pelston, but we, we got you twice. It's a big game. It's kind of like almost a determining factor. Like not necessarily, but kind of in a way it is. We got to come out. We got to beat them. It kind of sets up for the rest of the Ski Valley season. Right. So I think you guys have for both teams. Yeah, too. four or five games left total um, in the in the conference. So this one kind of one way or the other. And we know there's a bunch of other teams in the Ski Valley who can win on any given night. I mean, you you've played Forest right. area. Joe Bird can come out and and surprise some people here and there. Um, who do you think in the Ski Valley is one of those sleepers that might kind of shake this up here in the second half of the season? That doesn't have to do with you three at the top. Mm, probably probably forced area. I think they've got quite a few good shooters, and they've got some good defense. So if they're, if they're on their game, they could surprise some people, I think. Of course. I mean, with you coming up against Gaylord St. Mary this, this week, how much did you guys take from that overtime game, uh, especially when it comes to shutting down players like Brady Hunter, who when it comes to you and him, you guys are kind of the people for your team. How have you guys planned to shut him down or shut down the Snowbirds this week? Mm, I can't say too much, but <laughs> honestly, just play our defense, play up the line. Just do what we do, really. Make sure make sure you stay aggressive, I'm sure, um, especially with the speed that they have. That's one difference between them and you guys. It seems like you guys can kind of jump out of the gym. It seems like you move back and forth. But they have some smaller guys, some bigger guys, and a little bit here and there. What do you think is the, the main difference between you guys and why you came out on top that first uh, go-round? I think it would have been a completely different game, but... Like that's one of our worst games we've played all year. So, so personally, I think we're like better. Honestly, overall, we got depth. Like we can pull five guys off the bench and still run. Still do uh, the up yeah. tempo, uh, pace. Yeah. Still be able to do that. Um, I, I know Coach Sheridan. That is kind of the playstyle he likes to run. Right. Um, how much has he kind of implemented that with you guys? since you guys started high school. I know that it's a different group than it was a couple years ago. Um, and yeah. We kind of talked just before the podcast. You guys have a really young group of guys here with the Ackler brothers being sophomores, you only being a junior. How much is it taken from the young stages of you guys and grown 
into where you are now? Well, we started out my freshman year. We had uh, Coach Dingman, and uh, Coach Sheridan was just assist assistant coach. And uh, I feel like probably the last last year, and then really hard this year he started transitioning into like push the ball like really up tempo because we're a better like up and down team than we are half court team i want to talk about you a little bit i know out of the area you're one of the few kids we know has the ability to do in-game dunks and i know just a couple weeks ago i think it was maybe like 10 days ago you got a technical for hanging on the rim <laughs> or not hanging on the rim two hands is that right yeah uh do you feel like that's kind of bs or what happened and uh i mean did you learn your lesson on that one i mean i don't I don't really know what I did because uh, there was a ref that was kind of like right behind the play, and uh, I asked him what I did, and he said, I don't know. I think that was a bad call. <laughs> and then the one ref said like it was kind of like swinging on the rim, but the like the rule that I've always heard is if you're swinging, like that's okay. You can't hang on it like straight down, but if you're swinging, like you can catch your balance before you fall. Yeah, like you can catch your momentum. I think it was a bad call. Yeah. Yeah. I just said something I never really thought of. The ref's disagreeing with another ref's decision and siding with you like, oh, that was a bad call. It happens quite often actually like sometimes like a ref from half court will call something in the paint and i'll ask the ref right there we're like what did i do wrong like how can i fix that like he's like he called it and he's like i don't know i didn't call a foul yeah. that's what he says that's what a lot of them say but regardless do you think that that's a pretty dumb rule or i mean it's ba- it's high it's just high school basketball i mean but you know in you know in college if you hang by hang on the rim it's once again it's an objective thing but when you dunk like that don't you want to kind of hang on the rim for a minute yeah i feel like i mean it's kind of a dumb rule to an extent like i feel like if you hang up there for three four seconds like that's fine or you swing and like really grab the rim like i think it should be fine but i mean obviously if you're hanging up there yeah that's I mean, one thing if, if you as long as you're not shack like breaking backboards right breaking down rims like you should be okay now obviously if you can dunk in games i know that you have spent plenty of time practicing cool dunks in a driveway or in the gym having yeah. people throw you alley-oops what is the coolest dunk that you've ever actually pulled off probably a windmill uh I was at a little kid's practice helping out with my coach, and uh, he was like, watch this. This is the best dunk he's got, and told me to do it, and I just went up and did it. And it just worked? Yeah. <laughs> I've done. I probably did it about maybe three times. Now, uh, here's, a, here's a hypothetical. What's the dream dunk? In-game and then, like, dunk contest. Like, so let's go with in-game first. Probably uh, 360, but, yeah. like, put it down with two hands. Because a lot of people, like, I can 360 with one hand, but, like, Keeping both hands on the ball is hard. And then dunk contest is probably through the legs. Because yeah. I can all, like, I can hit the rim with it without a dribble, but I don't know if I could do it with a dribble, like yes. in a game or something. Okay. What, what prop would you have to have if it was a fantasy dunk? I'd want to jump over probably, like, someone that's real, like, pretty tall, like 6'6", six, six, like 6'7". Okay. Downstate this summer, there was, we had a dunk contest at one of the tournaments. Actually, I think it was, uh, might have been in Kentucky. But um, this kid, he was probably, like, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he jumped over another kid that was, like, 6'4". <laughs> and then, like, another girl that was in front of him. Oh, man. Like, it was pretty So, was pretty how cool. much, okay, so, when did you realize that dunking would be a possibility for you? Or was it, I'm just going to work and keep doing calf raises until I get there? Well, um, in seventh grade, I could touch the rim, and, like, nobody else was even close. So I was like, wow, like, I might be able to actually dunk, and I just thought it was so cool in seventh grade watching, like, Brandon Dingman. He could always dunk, so every time I saw him in the gym, I'd ask him to dunk. Eighth grade, I dunked, like, a pretty weak dunk, but my first dunk against Bel Air was in eighth grade and then i was like really started working for it now, by ninth grade i could dunk pretty good we're all pretty tall how tall how tall are you six three six three yeah so yeah you guys you guys are pretty good ho- pretty good hops how much do you focus on your vertical um and what what other types of your game are you usually spending your time outside of the gym on i focused a lot on probably my vertical maybe the last probably the summer between eighth and ninth grade 
and then probably like this last school year, I focused a lot on it. What else have you been working on outside of the uh, outside of the gym? Um, to improve your game on the court? I've been working on a lot of foot speed and just like overall strength, like getting bigger, putting more mass on. Is there any type of certain training program or anything that you've been going through, anything you're following? My gym teacher, but he went to school for like uh, like physical education kind of. Okay, so like, like, like physical therapy, right. sorry, like PT school? Yeah, so yeah. he puts together like workouts that are like... Can target Whatever stuff. you want. So like if you want to get your quick twitch muscles and be able to jump and move fast, like... He'll set up a workout. I honestly think that's the difference between players, you know, like average players that play for like a basketball team or just go to practice and then players that are just separate themselves from that whole pool are the ones that go in the weight room and go on like a strict training program to just being better in specific ways. Right. I feel like that's why we're getting so much better too. Cause ever since, uh, ever since Mr. Boris has come, he's like really made us work out. Like that's we work out every single day in gym except for game days, pretty much. Okay, and that, that so that so not even not even just what you do outside, but even at school, the the academic part of your school is technically even helping you right. because of that yeah. that physical education is actually intense and useful. It's not just hey, let's go play kickball. Yeah, type stuff is what I what I'm assuming. And at first, I hated it because our gym teacher we had my freshman year he was like uh like you guys want to play lacrosse or dodgeball that's what mm-hmm. it was and then like he came and like we all hated it because we had to work out so much but now like i'm thankful like i'm i love it yeah so how that's been going on for what just this entire school year yeah or? Uh, the last two years last two school years yeah. so that, cool. that's pretty sweet now do you guys have any other type of like strength and conditioning program over at mancelona that you take part in um i work out with my with coach sheridan like quite often during like the football season because i don't play football Mm -hmm. anymore and so like but not really like any certain programs that a bunch of us do all right so yeah you say you don't play football anymore you're going to be focusing on basketball i assume is that is that something that you're doing throughout the rest of sports throughout the rest of high school is that what you're gonna be doing is focusing straight on basketball um i do track as well okay i don't focus as much on it but i do like i do go to indoor track meets and stuff and still like work on it quite a bit do you feel like track is more just like just an extension of PE class workouts, or do you think there's something else to it? Because some people feel like, oh, like the throwers, they're just, even when they're like competing, it's just them working out. Right. I mean, track, at first I did it for like, I mean, I'm going to go high jumps. It's going to work on my jumping. I'm going to go long jumps. It's going to work on my jumping and foot speed and stuff. But like, I actually did good. And so now, like, I actually try and like, I actually want to do something with it. They want to be at the top of the podium. You're like, right, hey, like, if, yeah. I, if I have a chance to win, I might as well win. That's right? the, yeah, that's the goal this year is states, all okay. state. Yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. Now, uh, what do you think the difference is when you're a multi-sport athlete as comparatively as the one? Because if you were just, you know, focus on basketball, I mean, like you said, it may just be track where you're working on some things to kind of help you with basketball, but what do you think the difference is between multi-sport and one sport, and why have you chose to do two sports instead of one? Um, I feel like for one sport, everybody's like, you get a lot of work in for this one sport constantly all year, but like sometimes I've hear I hear about a lot of people like getting burnout and so like part of me didn't want to just do basketball because I don't want to get burnout but then like I also do basketball all year round still mm-hmm. pretty much but yeah. I also throw something else into the mix just do something on top of it right. now change it up speaking about basketball in the future I mean you're in your junior year so I'm sure you're right in the thick of trying to figure out exactly um what the next step is for you and and how you're doing I mean what is what is your goals what are your what are your options for moving forward with basketball um I really want to play in college obviously I want looking to get a scholarship hopefully and then uh the goal right now is make it to the GLIAC hopefully okay it's like a pretty strong d2 conference and then uh just see what happens from there really now if you were to go college being only 6-3 would you think that you'd be moved back kind of that guard spot um making sure you'd be kind of sitting in the shooting guard is there something you'd still want to move into that front court play like a lot of shooting guard right now but i feel like 
I do do like some post and like some high post and stuff. I feel like I probably wouldn't in college. Okay, that's what I figured. Just because like those are big guys in the post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you still have some growing to do or? Yeah, the doctors they say that my growth plates aren't closed. Yeah. Which, that's what I yeah I lo- I loved when he said that. <laughs> Favorite restaurant in Northern Michigan? <sighs> probably B Dubs. B Dubs. Yeah, that's my. I love going there. We have one final bonus question just for fun. If you're on death row, what's your last meal? Probably Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes! Boneless barbecue wings with uh, cheesecake bites. Just straight barbecue, or do you do like honey barbecue, jalapeno barbecue? Yeah, I just do barbecue. sweet barbecue. Sweet barbecue. Yeah, with some ranch. What about death row? All right, thank you so much, Jay, and I appreciate you so much for coming down to uh, the Get Around Studios and joining us, being the first Mancelona Ironman to join the Get Around. Uh, good luck this week against Gaylord St. Mary and uh, into the future for your basketball career. Thanks for having me, and thank you. Another big thank you to Jaden Alfred from Mancelona for joining the Get Around for episode 111. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. That's going to toss us into our game of the week, and I haven't played this in a long time, fellas. Sounds like we're back in high school. We are going to play a game of Would You Rather. I have a few questions written here. Would we rather play or not play? Can we answer that first? Sure. We'll play. I'll play. There you go. It's Monday. All right, it's Monday. We're playing games. I got a few questions here. We're going to start off. Some of them are inspired by events that go on in Traverse City. Some of them, maybe not so much. Maybe in Brett Summers' personal gym. First question, would you rather swim two and a half miles straight or run 25 miles straight? What, what do you think I would say, run. knowing I run? Run? See, you'd think that, wouldn't you? I would. But I've never run 25 miles. I've swam a mile and a half, and I can say it's obviously a lot harder to swim the two and a half. Or, well, as far as exerting energy, it's a lot harder, but having said, you get that over quicker. So that, I think, is the incentive itself. I mean, if there's no time on it, time no, on there's it, no time I can do it in whatever time. Yeah. I'm just going to comfortably swim, push through. It's going to suck, but I'm going to get that done and have the rest of my day instead of running 25 miles and feeling like that's half my day. Yeah, here's the thing about competitive swimming is, like, when you take your break, you slow down, but you're surrounded by, like, cool water. So, like, it's, it's not like a run where, oh, i got to wait for it till I get an open field where it's all breezy or i, I got to wait till the next water station, and then you're all, like, drenched and sweat up until then. So I'm going to go with the two-and-a-half-mile swim. doesn't seem that bad. I feel like I can do it tonight. I just, as long as I have a life jacket. Well, or I, somebody, a support. I need, I need to make sure somebody somebody needs to make sure. You I know, Jake, around. if you turn around on your back, you can float. Two and a half miles later, only God knows, I'll sink like a brick. So start backstroking. I'm, I'd probably be backstroking the majority of the way. That's definitely the most comfortable way just to swim it out. But as long as I have a life jacket so I do not drown and I could like, stop and float for a little while. I'm doing the two and a half miles because then my legs aren't going to feel like jelly or they probably. You'd spill. be surprised. Let's not underestimate swimming two and a half miles will wipe. That's a long. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's but full you'll be done. <laughs> but you'll be done. I might be. I might drown. So you I'm going to go. You'll get a beer after. An I'm going to go with swimming two and a half miles as well. Alrighty, here's one. Would you rather face 100 slap shots in hockey or take one punch from a boxer? Well, for clarification, do we have any protection in either you, scenario? You, you have goalie equipment on in the first one, but if they're coming from, you know. There's not the boxing mask? I don't have no, that. No, you don't have no sparring mask. And this is a boxer, right? Not yeah, like some not, UFC type kind this of McGregor? This is like a professional boxer. Well, a boxer would be worse to take a punch from than a UFC guy. Yeah. That's I'm, their job yeah, is to punch. Yeah, their only punch. <laughs> I beg to differ. 
So are you going to take the slap shots? I'd take the slap shots. I, I recall that scene because I have to recall movies every time I'm here. The Goldberg scene in Mighty Ducks 1, they just tape him to the goalie net. Yeah. And they just pepper him with That's all the shots. That's basically what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where you basically you're just getting hit. If I got pads, it's kind of scary, but... I mean, you're not... It just because just you got pads on doesn't mean you ain't feeling everyone. And then he's so confident after that. He goes in ready to dominate the Hawks at the end of the City League Championship game. Or what, okay, well, what if what if you were standing there against Conor McGregor and that dude hit you one time and you just stood there like? Psh, I thought we agreed. Oh, with, I thought we agreed. We do boxers. Just, I would. St- I was still. I, I'm. I'm still thinking. Whatever. Like, yeah. If Joe Frazier walked up and came up and gave you a good old slug, like God, no. Um, I'd rather take a hundred slap shots, but I think I would rather take one punch. I'm gonna go with then like a hundred like NHL slap shots, just getting pelted all over my body. I'm going with one punch too, because like once well, once he punches you, it's over, and then you're standing up five minutes. Later. It is. It's like the same argument as the last one. What gets you out of there quicker? And it's that's like I'm gonna punch. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna get hurt either way. It's yeah, just, I guess like minimizing damage. Yeah. All right, here's a good one. This is more of a positive one. Would you rather win a national title and get drafted like way later? In whatever respective draft, or would you rather not win a national title and be the number one overall draft picked in that respective sport? I'm going to take the national title. I think I'd rather, I'd take the national I'd rather title win too. a championship than, I mean, I know a lot of people remember who's number one in a lot of drafts, but, I mean, a national title just seems like something you celebrate for the rest of your life, whereas are you really sitting there in your 60s, 70s being like, number one, baby, back in 2020, I did it. Number Joey one B. of 726 I number was one number picks. one. I'm on Wikipedia. But, like, a whole crowds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions, will be talking about a certain team that won a national championship on a certain year. So Yeah, I remember Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma after OU was out in the semifinals? Mm-hmm. Semifinals. He was just so emotional that he's like, oh, Coach Riley, I didn't get you to a national championship. I'm not going to play college football again. I'm not going to be able to do this again. Athletes just want to win. I'm asking you, though. Yeah. So you'd rather win the national title? Yeah. Okay. I want to win. Although, to Jalen Hurts' credit, he was never going to be number one. <laughs> would you know. rather be able to bench 400 pounds or squat 800 pounds? Oh, would we're I be able to? Yeah, because I yeah, can't do either. Pro- yeah, neither one of us are, you know, the old pod fo- podcast host, Brett Summers, in the Great Lakes Strongman competition. You know, we're all... Dude, you should have gone to that. That was intense. That was it. like a drowning pool concert mixed with some sort of extreme, probably UFC fight combined with a uh, tattoo parlor. Uh, actually, not a lot of guys had tattoos, but you get the vibe. There's, there's very extreme combinations of multiple things. Yeah, that's a lot of weight. I'm going to go benching 400 because I, I know squatting is popular, but you don't exactly hear people say, like, yeah, I squatted 800 today. And I think half the people you tell that to, they're not like, squat? Huh? Like, they should know what that means, but they don't. Plus, there's, like, different kinds. Like, everybody knows what benching means. There's different kinds of squats. Like, there's box squat. There's parallel squat. Like, you well, there's different kinds of bench, too. Yeah, yeah. but incline. Just I'm asking a, se- a simple question. Would you rather have really strong legs or really You're strong asking arms? asking a simple question to two people that... That always give complicated answers. And that never lifts weights. Actually, I've been lifting a little weights, but not enough to be awesome. Exactly. 400, 400 pound bench. That's my answer. Never skip leg day. Squat mm-hmm. 800 pounds. There we go. Taking... Andrew and I together are the ultimate male <laughs> in our fantasy. Yeah, I'm taking 800 pound squats. I couldn't imagine. I just feel like it's you just got... the... If you could bench 400 pounds, man, your, your arms would be so big you couldn't put t shirts on. Is that like 10 plates, too? Yeah. What more would you rather? Would you rather have Michigan win the national championship? Or Kansas. Michigan State. Well, if you had to choose one, Michigan State goes over twelve, or Michigan wins a national championship. Oh, Michigan State goes over twelve. 
right? Yeah. yeah. They shake that up. Yeah, that's a one-off People thing. forget about that. Right. We lost to Grand Valley State in exhibition play. No big deal. <laughs> forget about it. They bring it up every once in a while. Anywho, Would You Rather brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spent six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. That means we are going to move into the Hall of Fame where we induct one lucky athlete who, of course, earned it into the Get Around Hall of Fame. We have three great candidates this week. I'm going to defer to my co-hosts to put up their candidates first. Andrew, who is your nomination for the Hall of Fame this week? Easy, Charlie Douglas. I've only seen like one other person do have a natural hat trick in their life, and that was either Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves. So, but yeah, natural hat trick that is that is uber impressive. Three goals without anybody else scoring. That's a uh, that actually ended up beating Traverse City West. They only yeah. scored two goals, right? Yeah. So before Traverse City West even scored, Charlie Douglas kind of ran him out of the building. Harrison, it was pretty good. Who you got? Jeff Chuck. Chase Ingersoll, thirty-one points the other night against Buckley. Only needed six to get the. All-time Forest Area scoring record, but he got 31. 1,227 is the new highest total for a Warrior boys basketball player in history. Chase just breaking down doors, and he's, to think, the three-sport superstar, he's just going to play baseball in college. Just going to play baseball. I wouldn't play billiards with him or darts on the weekends, that's for sure, because he's probably pretty competitive in those two. I've heard that he's he's a consummate human being. We had him in here on the podcast. He was great to talk to. Uh, him and Johnny Stasio joined us, I think it was four or five episodes ago now, um, right as their season got started. Uh, we kind of talked about this coming up, and he has since passed it. Yes, Chase is a very good basketball player, I swear. Um, I actually have to go back. We're gonna have to. I know he's going to be on our dream team for the record eagle. I can almost guarantee that. He's averaging about 30 points a game. He's getting really close uh, to that upper echelon of scorers. That's is great because he probably would have been on a dream team for football had their season not wrapped so unfortunately. So yeah. good to see he's going to get a nod in one of those categories. Yeah, no, I, I, whatever, it was like three games in, he, I think he actually made the get-around Hall of Fame All for right. the football season. Yeah, for, for the football season in week number one. That's right. Yes. Because of his performance. That's how good he was. He made it week one. In week one. And then Brady the Hunter took like 14 weeks. That is true. I have one more nomination for the Get Around Hall of Fame, and that is Andrea Frary from Traverse City West. Uh, she was the very first girl to head down to the Women's State Championships from Traverse City West, and she placed third in the 184-pound category. Uh, she had three pins uh, yesterday. All came within the first 45 seconds of the match starting, so... She was ready and raring to go, uh, jumped on top of her opponents, and took them out quick. She lost in the semifinals to the eventual state champion um, and placed third after pinning her the fourth-place winner uh, in only 41 seconds. So that was pretty big for her, so congratulations to Andrea. Fellas, we need to put up for a vote. Like I said, this is a pretty loaded class here that we have to choose from. We have a scoring record, a natural hat trick, and a wrestler who's breaking barriers. Who gets the nod, fellas? Well, I'm gonna, I was going reverse order. Would you rather choose this one, this one, or this one? Yeah, right. I'm going to go in reverse order. I'll, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and vote first. I'm going to put Charlie Douglas for a natural hat trick in the McCullough Cup rivalry game. And to do it as the first three goals of the game. First central. Yeah, four central. Like, that. that's big. Especially in the implications of that game. That's a big That's a big accomplishment for uh, Charlie Douglas. Three goals. First one, 33 seconds in. Talk about setting the tone. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Andrea Freire. You know, I, you just see it all across the nation. Women's wrestling is really blowing up. It's really big for the sport. It's really just, it's big for Traverse City to have a medalist in the first time going to the state championship. So I, I, I'm, that's just really proud of me to see, not only as like a former wrestler. I remember going to tournaments, seeing girls 
like one girl in the field of like 200 guys and i'm just like that that's so cool like that's so cool of me to see you do that mm-hmm. and now about four years later it's blown up as big as it is now yeah and she said when she started she thought she was going to quit a week later and she ended up falling in love with it and i think I, when i actually talked to rusty nyland yesterday i think he said there's four or five girls on traverse city west's wrestling team who have been a part of it for quite a while so she had really dedicated herself and obviously as a senior I and mean, it was only the second year that they've done the women's state championships for michigan yeah. so it's just cool. in the first year of it being a state-sponsored sport in kansas one school had like 20 or 30 girls show up in the first year yeah i wish that i wish that was the case in michigan it'll, the it'll year be before a, it was one yeah. or two harrison you're the tiebreaker it's up to me huh unless you're gonna vote for chase well this might be a first that somebody's nomination gets in without them voting for them is that i wonder if that's ever happened i know I, I'm sure i've been has. around since episode two so i should probably think about this a little more i'm sure it has i'm going with andrea love the story you know charlie obviously it's a phenomenal accomplishment too and not not gonna change but he's got anyway. plenty of goals um <laughs> what andrea did really just stands out on a, on a massive scale and so to to put tc west and tc west wrestling for, for females, for girls to get out there and get that spotlight in a sport dominated by males, that's that's my vote. No no disrespect to Chuck and Chase, but Andrea Freire, I'm putting her in, locking her in. I, I'd be willing to say that I'm pretty sure Andrea would take both of them down on a wrestling match right? too. So. Oh, yeah. So congratulations to Andrea Freire from Traverse City West. You are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame for your performance at the Women's State Championships this past weekend. As we mentioned, only the second one. She actually missed it due to injury last year, so only Lord knows what she would have been able to do had she uh, been completely healthy down there last year. But congratulations nonetheless. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. We're diving into our last segment, fellas, per usual. we got a few minutes left here in episode 111, and I want to talk about... Our Super Bowl 54. Super Bowl memories. Uh, yesterday was... Take 54. T- oh, it's only 108. Darn. Yes, Yesterday was a pretty good Super Bowl, uh, especially fourth quarter comeback. I uh, had some pretty good commercials. I had Super Bowl was good. I don't know if I'm going to remember it as this all-time entertaining game. To be honest, I kind of was a little bored I mean, throughout I most of the game. For about yeah, the game wasn't the game. really that. In- this is the first year in quite a while where I legi- legitimately perked up more for the commercials and the s- halftime show than than the real game because I was thinking this game was gonna be like crazy back and forth. Out what Tom Brady's tweet meant? Yeah. Wor- that's the worst commercial. <laughs> Hulu has life's worth. And we know Shakira can do. <laughs> that crap. And so can Harrison. <laughs> the the fact that that broke the internet. Yeah. Dude, it took like two and a half seconds. What did you think they did? Like a little close. Up. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think when she first did that? And did you see A-Rod jumping around the crowd? Yeah. Fan, fanboying. Oh yeah. no! I when I first saw that, I literally was like, <laughs> I thought it was like a battle cry. I was supposed to repeat back to. <laughs> well, her. that's apparently what I read. Is it's like a thing in for Latinas or like a certain. Room from, oh really? From her country yeah well it was something yeah in our culture um the so that's fine but yeah definitely for her to just do it yeah right in the middle it was like uh what what was that we're kind of already talking about it but uh Good. i want to talk about yeah just some moments not even just about from this one but from from our favorites just stuff that sticks out but yeah i mean walmart's commercial last year which we talked about on this podcast which was great was awesome they brought back all the old you know movie nostalgia all this stuff this year they so went a different route. It was like but the bad sequel yes, version. Yes, but it was literally the like great the same commercial. Yeah. But they just like Bill and Ted. 
Yeah, like filled and in everybody who was like second rate, right? That the ones that didn't get last year. Yes, literally. Yeah, am I am I wrong? Screwed. No, it, besides C three P and R two D two, there was nobody on there that was like, wait, oh, okay, they're just literally bringing the the bad ideas from last Whatever, year. Whatever, like the Men in Black dog and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, how, how many people are gonna connect with the Men in Black dog and aliens? I, either way, it just it was just felt like Surprise a remake. Vin Diesel wasn't there. Uh, Doritos was weird. I would say that maybe Doritos is always weird. The old, the old, old Town yeah. Road one. Yeah, but maybe maybe that see it just doesn't stick with me because I thought it was they're just a dollar late and a dollar short, like way too late on that old town road train for it to like really anybody to care. And there's that bad MC Hammer one. Oh I didn't my really God. anticipate Aria singing Let It Go. <laughs> Somebody just tweeted out, It's weird watching Aria drive a car. <laughs> Um, She's uh, my old favorite too in real life. My too. favorite though, I think it, it, there were a couple good ones throughout the night. It, towards the end though, I mean that Bill Murray Groundhog Day remake. Oh with yeah, the Jeep and the Groundhog, and then f- to end it with that line where he's pinned to the front, where he's tied to the little onesie on the front, and he's just like, "I don't know where we're going. I was following you." <laughs> that one, that one won it for sure. The crappy Dorito one just took me back to the last Dorito one. That just was like, except that one actually like just stuck in my mind. Oh, that wasn't even Doritos. I think it was Mountain Dew. Yeah, I think it was Mountain Dew. The Puppy Monkey, Monkey Baby. Baby. Was that Mountain Dew? Because it was so bad. Yes, yes. That's what it remin- reminded me of is I went back to the Puppy Monkey Baby. Yeah. It was I like, mean, credit to them. They got you. Know remember how stupid their ad was, but we don't really remember it for like, yeah, enjoyable I just, reasons. I just thought that it was Doritos, but no, it was Mountain Dew. I mean, wasn't that's it? the key is after all these years, if you really like the commercial, do you remember the product it was advertising? So, like... The Budweiser Frogs. You guys might have been a little younger. I remember those, that. But yeah, Budweiser. Budweiser. That was clever marketing because they mentioned the company. A lot of times they do these great spots and you don't know what the product mm. is. Well, so there was one last night. Your money. There was one last night that was like. Also, did you notice how the spot, they're doing more and more. Like It used to be a big deal to just do a 30-second commercial. Oh, now like more and more companies long. are doing minute and two-minute long commercials. Yeah, like, super expensive, but they really seem like to be. The first 30 seconds like captures your attention and the main joke of it is in the. They feel like they got to tell a whole story. It. Yeah, and that's fine. If they want to pay the money, I feel like that's a better way to, to get your message across. That Google yeah, one. That Google one was what, two minutes? With well, Loretta and the, well, yeah, but the then guy then, lost his wife. And then you see what happened, but that's what happens is that they will, they'll pay for a two-minute ad and they'll chop that into four separate 30-second ads and run it over the next course of six months. So, like, they get their money's worth. They get their money's worth, but that's a big price you got to pay just for that night. Also, Jason Momoa, I thought that was a good one. I can't even think of the company right now. <laughs> I don't know, but let's talk about... stripped himself down to his normal... Super Bowl memory. Let's, see, let's at least talk about... Like our favorite halftime shows. That was a big thing from last night is everybody was one way or the Gaga, other on a halftime man. show. Didn't beat I mean, Gaga for me. Gaga jumped off the roof of a stadium. I guess. J-Lo, God bless her, danced on a pole. It's definitely, like you said earlier, much more high energy of a halftime show, which I enjoyed. Yeah, it was a fun show. As long, I hate Coldplay, so going like from Coldplay to like this is, or like U2 or something, like I'm so much more yeah, for it. Yeah, they need younger, energetic Pop. They need pop music, basically. But do you remember, like, same thing, kind of like you said with Lady Gaga, like, Katy Perry, when she did it, like, was on, like, a flying like lion, lion chariot, yeah. like, yeah. with, like, flames coming and out of the, her, her and like, the, dress. And the shark with the People right People are still left talking left. about left shark. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was Katy Perry's yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah so those like, are the ones, and Beyonce's were pretty good, too. It seems like the young girl pop stars put on the better shows than the throwback bands that they think is such a good idea. Yeah, and no, I, I, I get why it's a it's a appreciation to what they've done in the music industry. Cause I it's thought Bruce Springsteen, The Who, those were all good throwbacks. If Rush were to ever do it, I'd watch that. 
I always thought the, the, ch- the chili peppers way. were going to get their own. I was convinced that one day the Chili Peppers would have their own halftime show. And then they got it with Bruno Mars. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. They and they like played Can't Stop. Or no, they didn't play Can't Stop. They played uh, the big hit. Don't believe me, just one. No, no, the big one from, uh, no, the Chili Peppers. Oh. They played What You Want. or They close all their shows with it all the time. I don't know. I don't listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. What I got. What I got. What I got, you got to What I got, you got to gotta, gotta, gotta give it to your Why mama. am I not thinking of this song? I don't know. It was the one that Slash was on. So we're in agreement. Uh, you have to be under 50 or just at 50 in J-Lo's terms to, to do the Super Bowl halftime show. I don't think it matters how old you are. I just think it matters what type of show. Have you have you noticed, like, yesterday's music was, like, live and upbeat? It wasn't, like, Coldplay, like, like, where, like, li- where you're, like, putting a lighter in the air and they're, f- you know, making the, the whole crowd flip signs, you know? Well, like, I like how Shakira and J-Lo were the Latin crowd in Miami. Yeah. That was the big complaint when I think who did they get to play at Super Bowl Forty? I think that was the Stones. I think those are the Stones played the halftime show, and they're like, uh, "How do you not get a Motown band to play at Super Bowl Forty at Ford Field? You're in Detroit." So that's I, I really appreciate that aspect as they're reflecting the culture of that area, even though it's obviously Kansas City and San Francisco playing the game. I also kind of liked how at the end of the game, everyone's like, "Or Damian Williams, two touchdowns, hundred yards." Big performance. There were people from Oklahoma side who thought he should have been Super Bowl MVP. It's debatable. Hey, I'm sure he can go to Disney World if he wants. Yeah. But first thing he does after the game, gives a hug to Raheem Mostert and exchanges jerseys with him. Mostert, yeah, he went away. That was surprising to see him be gobbled up so easily. And they were the they NFC were both on game. they were both on the Dolphins at one point too, and they were playing in Dolphin Stadium, so that that's that's just a cool moment to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no good Super Bowl, good halftime show, good commercials. Definitely not the most well remembered. I mean, I guess it depends on you how much you appreciated seeing Atlanta get totally embarrassed a couple years ago when the Patriots beat them. If that's an interesting game and you have a great Lady Gaga halftime show, that could be considered the all-time Super Bowl. But who knows? I saw the the Only you. I don't know the all-time Super Bowl. I mean, that David Tyree catch is wild. Oh, as far as play, yeah, yeah it's that one. But. We're not going to go too far in, but we've we already mentioned quite a few things. Do you guys have any other moments that actually like stick out to you? When the Bears were in it. What year was that? Exactly. 2006. <laughs> they made it in 06 when they lost to the Colts when Peyton Manning won his first Super Bowl. Oh, okay. okay. 06, 06, 06 season, 07 Super Bowl. And then the Super Bowl shuffle, 1986. Robbie Gold was, that, was the kicker that Right, year. he was, yeah. In 1986? Oh, my no. God. No, no, <laughs> no. William no, no, Perry. Alrighty, guys. That's going to do it for episode 111 of the Get Around as always, make sure you like, share, retweet, comment on this uh, podcast so we can get you fed. And come back and listen to us again next week for episode 112. Thanks. Have a good one.